Today is day 15 of 21 days of prayer. Come on, that's good. 15. That means that we are down the home stretch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 21 days of prayer is a time, um, a season of praying and fasting for our uh, in, in our church. And so um, every morning at 6 a.m., we've been meeting in our church office for prayer. Um, you're all welcome. to become a little bit more attached to the world in the summertime. 
of the summertime, we enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting again um, during August. And um, I don't go as hard in August as I do in January. My body can only take so much uh, of not going, you know, going without food and, and some nutrients that, that we need. So, um, so in August, um, I'll usually do a social media fast um, and do like a soul fast um, to, to just kind of get things back in order. Today, we are in week three of a series that we're calling Uphill Habits. Uphill Habits. You see, I know that a lot of you have high hopes for 2020. In fact, a lot of your high hopes extend not just to 2020, but for the whole decade, right? We all have high hopes for uh, the new decade, for it to be, for years 2020 to 2030, to be the best 10 years of our lives. If that's not your desire, then you got bigger problems than you after church coming to you right away. Um, we all have high hopes. The problem is that we get a lot of our hopes are a direct result of our actions during the day, the things that we do. And so our hopes are a result of our habits. And so if we have high hopes, then our habits should also be high. I like to say uphill. We should also have uphill habits, but the problem is that we have high hopes, uphill hopes, with downhill habits. We do things that really, let's be honest, really we shouldn't do, or maybe they just aren't getting us anywhere. We're we're in the hamster wheel, and we're just turning and turning, not going anywhere. We want to. We want everyone in this room to go places this year. In fact, I'll go as far as to say that. God wants everyone in this room to go places this year. God has your best in mind. And as a refuge church, we have your best in mind too. We want to help you succeed. We want to help you grow. We want every, our desire every single Sunday is that we move everyone one step closer to Jesus. Whatever that step that Jesus has for you today, we hope that you can make it. That we're cheering you on. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits because they become character. Watch your character because they become destiny. Habits are important. Habits form us and shape us into the person that we are. So it's really important that we talk about habits. The first week we talked about pay attention to what I do first. Pay attention to what you do first. Pay attention to what goes on first. We talked about putting God first in our lives. If you missed that sermon or any of our sermons, you can go back to refugemain.church forward slash messages and you can follow those and listen to any of our, our previous messages too. Last week we talked about the habit of controlling our thoughts because everything begins with a thought. Someone doesn't just wake up one morning and say, I think
I'll cheat on my wife just to please you. You know, they're probably sitting in the lunchroom at work going, wow, she looks really attractive. Or he looks really attractive. I should get to know them. And it begins as a thought. Everything begins as a thought. This week, week three, we're talking about talking about purpose. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Habit number three is keep my life aligned with my purpose. Keep my life aligned with my purpose. Maybe you're here this morning and you just kind of feel like you're not going anywhere in life. I want you to know this morning that God has a purpose for you to live. And if we can align ourselves with God's purpose in our life, it's going to be a whole lot easier and a whole lot better. About a year and a half ago, I started noticing in my uh, in my arms some tingling. It was weird. It was like uh, my arms were going to sleep, um, but but like I hadn't done any, like I hadn't been sitting on my hand. You know how you sit on your hand and it falls asleep and you extend the needle. Well, um, my my left arm started kind of tingling, and, and, and my right arm would start tingling, and then on Sunday afternoon, I'd go home, and my legs would be tingling, because I'd be up on my legs all day, and I just thought, it's weird, it's not normal, and um, I started talking to some people, and um, I, I finally submitted to the idea that I needed to go see a, a chiropractor, and um, and I started going to the chiropractor, and that first adjustment, adjustment was so scary. I had never been adjusted before, and just some guy putting his hands on my face and going, this doesn't really appease me very well. So, but I did it anyway because I wanted to get rid of the stupid tingling in my arms. And so I went to the chiropractor, and um, he x-rayed my neck. And I'm going, my neck? Like, why are you looking at my neck? My problems aren't in my arms. Shouldn't, like, you're a chiropractor. Isn't that my back and my spine? And x-rayed my neck and discovered that there was this this curve in my neck that didn't belong, or there was, it, my neck was straight up and down, and there was supposed to be a curve, whichever one it is. But my, my one's whacked up, so you got it. And it was causing some sort of tingling, so I've been going to the chiropractor for the, the last year and a half and um, being getting adjusted, and as things got better, I, I didn't go as often, and Things are pretty much good now, but, but one of the things that I noticed going to the chiropractor is a lot of times I'd go in and my lower back would start hurting, but when he went to address the problem, he wouldn't address my lower back, he'd address my legs, or my neck, or my upper back. Because a lot of times when you go to the chiropractor to get a li- in alignment, whatever, wherever the pain is, the problem is somewhere else. many times in our lives we go through pain and we go through trials, but the problem isn't where we think it is. The problem is somewhere else. And because of that, I have to, I, I, I have to always go back to one thing to get myself back into alignment. This morning, I want you to know that if you start with your purpose, you'll get everything right. If you can discover the purpose that God has for you, things will make more sense. 
has to start with our purpose, and it's so important because, number one, write this down, because you have a purpose. You have a purpose, and it's not determined by you. It's determined by the one that created you. The only person that can say what a painting is is the person that painted it. The only person that can define art is the artist. In the book of Psalms, chapter 139, verse 16, it says this, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. The psalmist knew that God was the one that laid out his purpose for him. Your purpose is laid out before you, God. Focus on what God has laid out for us, and everything makes a whole lot more sense. All of a sudden, your your marriage makes more sense. All of a sudden, and, and let's be honest. trying to figure out our marriage, or as we're trying to figure out our significant other, if we align ourselves with God's purpose, all of a sudden the things that they need to start to make a little bit more sense. Our kids make more sense when our purpose is aligned with God's. Their behavior, the things that they do, our job makes a whole lot more sense when we're living in the purpose that God has for us. Our lives are so much easier if just look outside of yourself for a change and look to the one that has laid out your purpose for you. The New Testament puts it like this. The Bible is written into two different categories or two different books, two different sections of books. The Old Testament, that's the pre-Messianic scriptures, the scriptures that do not include Jesus. The story of the old of the of the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness, that's all in the Old Testament. Then the New Testament contains the books that has have the story of Jesus in it. The New Testament puts it like this in Ephesians chapter two, verse ten, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do good things that He planned for us long ago. The only person that can describe why a masterpiece is there is the one that created it. Life will never make sense outside of your purpose. It won't. I like to put it like this. We need to live by design and not by default. We need to live by design and not by default, like we're just an accident. Ladies and gentlemen, the story of creation is that you have a purpose. The story of creation is that there's a reason why you're here, and that's good news. Not that we're here by an accident, but there's a design for our lives. And when we live according to the design that God has before us, things make a whole lot more sense. Number two, the second reason why it's important is because 
There is a competition for your time and attention. There is a competition for your time and your attention. Let's be honest. We live in a world where more makes, where, where, where more is better. Everything with more is better. If one dollar is good, two dollars is better. All right, just playing along. All right. If one house is good, two houses, we live in Maine, the, the, the place of everybody has a camp, right? If one house is good, two houses is. If one car is good, two cars are. If one kid is good, two kids are. Oh, you didn't really want to say that one, did you? If one wife is good, two wives are wrong. Don't say anything. Two wives are wrong. All right. We live in a world where more is better. An overwhelmed schedule always produces an underwhelmed soul. Overwhelmed schedule always produces an underwhelmed soul. When we're trying to live with purpose, we've got to weed some things out of our schedule. More is not better when it comes to our schedule unless it's more time. Come on, somebody. We could all use more time. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 says this. And yet better to have one handful of quietness than two handfuls of hard work and chasing the wind. I have good news, ladies and gentlemen. You can stop chasing the wind today. You're never going to catch it. Stop chasing. Stop going after things that don't matter. Stop chasing things that aren't going to lead to purpose. Three, the third reason it's important is because time is short. Time is short. Your life is short for two reasons. Number one, because we are just a dash on a tombstone, ladies and gentlemen. We are not here for very long. We're not. Life is short second reason life is short is because Jesus is coming back. And that is good news. The Bible says that one day Jesus will return to take those that are his home with him. And if it scares you that life is short, I would love to talk with you tonight. Because for me, I am ecstatic that I'm going home to be with Jesus someday. And I hope it's right now. I hope it's right now that he comes back, that he takes me home. Because life is so much better in heaven than it is on earth. And I promise you, there's nothing this earth can offer you. Nothing in this, in this world that can be offered to you that is better than what's offered there. So we want to help get you there. Because we believe that there is a way that is spelled out, not by me, not in my my words, in my design, but by this book that is God's word. 
that he shows us how to get there. We want to show you how to get there today. Life is short. Our time is short. James 4, 13 through 15 says this, Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year, we'll, we will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It is here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live or do this or do that. So, recap. It's important because you have a purpose. It's important because there's a competition for your time. And it's important because life is short. Time is short. So now we know our purpose is important. How do we live it? How do we do it? How do we accomplish it? I want to give you four ways that you can align your life with your purpose. I hope you're writing these down. Number one, we have to decide what's important. We have to decide what's important. Most of our lives aren't defined by what's important. They're defined by what's urgent. Let me say that again because I don't know if you got it. Most of our lives are defined by what's not defined by what's important, but, but, but defined by what's urgent. Don't define things by what's important, but by, by what's urgent. Ladies and gentlemen, stop living by urgency and start living by what's important. Philippians 3, 7 through 8 says this. It says, I once thought that these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus has to be most important in our lives, and then everything else is filtered through him. And when it is, I promise you, I promise you it will lead you to more freedom than you've ever had. But you see, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that there is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that he wants to make you convinced that life with Jesus is shackled, is handcuffed, and not fun. I want you to know that I've never had more fun following Jesus than I am right now. Because life is filled with freedom. to decide what's important. Number two, we have to give calendar time to the things that are important. Give calendar time to the things are that are important. One thing that I learned after starting a church was that if I don't fill my schedule, someone else will. If I don't fill my schedule, someone else will. So therefore, I have to fill it with the people I love. My wife and my kids, they get
I try to spend time with Jesus. It's the first thing I do. I get up, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I have not always been good at this. Just last year, I, I, um, I really seemed to find what it was that would keep me motivated. And you know what kept me motivated? Consistency. Every day. something that I haven't mastered, but I try to talk to the God that created me. I try to talk to the God that is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in my darkness. Because there will be things that I go through every day that I will need light for. There will be dark moments. The third thing that I try to do is love those that are closest to me. If I do those things, Spend time in God's Word. Pray and talk to Him and love those closest to you. Then I know that my day could be successful. Because my first and foremost ministry is my wife and my kids. I can't do this if I lose them. They mean too much. What's important? So, as I make way for what's important on my schedule, I need to focus on three, three categories, three things. Number one, I have to make time for renewal. Make time for renewal in my life. That's rest. Ladies and gentlemen, your rest is a weapon. You know how many times I had to practice saying that? Because one time I said, your rest is a weapon, and I didn't think it sounded very good. So, your rest is a weapon, ladies and gentlemen. 
so in my in my life, what I, I try to practice the rule of seven. Now, this is going to look differently for you because you're not all preachers. But for me, this is what I try to do. Every seven days, I take a day off. Tomorrow, Monday, I'll take a day off. I won't, I won't do anything about the refuge. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't call me if there's an emergency or anything like that. If they need me, they can reach me. However, Mondays are my day off. I try not to address anything with the refuge. Try not to do anything productive for the church on Monday. Every seven days, I take a day off. Every seven weeks, I try not to preach. So if you're here, and, and some of you have noticed that I'm not the only communicator here. My wife will, will, will speak every once in a while. We'll have a guest speaker. And the reason for that is every seven weeks. Now, I don't always do that because I'm not always able to. But when I'm able to, I try to take seven every seven weeks off. Every seven months, I try to take a vacation. A whole week off. Every seven years, I haven't done this yet seven years, I try to take a sabbatical. I'll try to take a sabbatical. My pastor last year took a sabbatical for the first time in over 30 years. He was like, it was awesome. And he took eight weeks off. Rest is weapon. Second, make time for relationships. Make time for relationships. Relationships are important. Next week, we're going to dive more into this. So I'm not going to go really hard on this, but small groups begin, small groups begin February 9th. Next Sunday is the fourth Sunday of the month. We're going to have small group leader training in our middle classroom. So if anyone wants to lead a small group next week, mark your calendars for 1145 in the middle classroom. We're going to train you and teach you how you can lead a small group. Everyone needs to be in a group because everyone needs to be in relationship. You need friends. People that you call when times are hard. Number three, make time for reward. Make time for reward, and here's what I mean. The Bible teaches in, in Corinthians that um, the Bible teaches in Corinthians that we will meet God someday. We will stand before Him. I want you to know this morning. to have people like our wives to come out and say it's time to hurry up. We have to have relationships. We have to. Number three. The third reason we need to align with our purpose is because we need to eliminate not, or the, the third thing that we need to do is we need to eliminate non-essentials. Eliminate the things that aren't essential in our lives because, again, your time is short. You don't have enough of it to share with things that aren't important. Eliminate things that aren't, in, in, aren't essential. So instead of having a to-do list, have a to-don't list. I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that. 
at my house, and I don't expect everyone to abide by that. This is not, this is not the truth. This isn't, this isn't me giving you something that's good. I mean, this, it, it would make your life a lot easier, but at my house, this is what we do. We have a rule in our house, and my kids know it, that every season, we will only do one sport on one team. We'll only do one. Because I watch people run to soccer practice, and then they have to run to football practice, and they have to decide which one they're going to put more important than the other one. How about just do one of them in the first place? One sport and one team. My son's not going to play on on more than one team in a season. Because I'm not going to let my kids dictate my schedule or my calendar. But I am going to allow them to dictate my time with them. Because my time with them is shorter than my life. My my daughter will turn 14 in February. If she's out of my house by 18 or 19, I only have four or five more years with her. I better make the most of it. My son's 12. I'm stuck with six more years of him. time with your kids because they're important. They're essential. They are your legacy. They're not their coach's legacy. They're not their teacher's legacy. They're your legacy. Train them up in the way they should go and they will not depart from it when they're older, the Bible tells us. Eliminate non-essential. Finally, number four, the way we get our lives aligned with our purpose. Psalm 39, 4 through 5 says this. It says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire life is just a time with things that I really believe are important, or am I, am I doing things that are, are really not that important? What's important to you this morning? The Bible calls it your heart. Where is your heart way that we line ourselves up with where God wants us to be starts with our heart. Starts with our heart. So some of you are sitting there and you're going, man, I have a whole lot of work. 
stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. sitting there and you're, you're thinking that you're, you came in thinking that you had everything figured out, thinking that everything was good, and then you realize I'm doing a whole lot of things that I don't need to be doing. know today that God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose. He wants you to know God. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover your purpose so that you can leave an impact in this world. That's why we say our, our vision at the refuge is to know God, to live free, to discover our purpose, and to leave an impact we even have a system to help you do each one of those. You know God right here in this moment. This, these, these weekend experiences are designed to help us know God. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you don't know God. Can I tell you that he's a friend? That he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother ever was. Can I tell you that he's a savior that has died so that you can be forgiven of your mistakes? Can I tell you that he's full of grace and that when we mess up, all we have to do is tell him that we've messed up and tell him we're sorry and he's going to forgive it? Can I tell you that he's things that I deserve in my life, he chooses not to give those to me, but he gives me more than I ever deserve. Can I tell you that he loves you so much that he gave his only son, Jesus, to die for you? So that you can live with him forever. We want you to know God. We want you to live free. And so we have small groups that will start on February 9th where you can find freedom with friends because if you're captivated by your secrets, you're not free. So the way we find freedom is with other people. Can I tell you, we want to help you discover your purpose. At 11.45 every Sunday, the first three Sundays of every month, we meet in the middle's room for what we call my refuge, where we talk about purpose, we talk about plan, we talk about how you can get involved. And then we want you ultimately to leave an impact in this world. We want to be a church that is filled with purpose. But it all begins with following Jesus. Maybe some of you are here and you just don't know where to begin. I want to I want to I want to help you begin. Can I do that? How many of you say, Pastor Adam, I don't know what my next step is, but I know that I have to begin this 
I can see it so that I know who I'm talking to. Thank you guys so much. Anybody else? I just want to begin by giving my heart to Jesus. by just giving Jesus your heart. Say, God, right where you stand, say, God, I come to you the best way I can. And I know that I've made mistakes. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my mistakes. Come into my heart and save me. God a hand today. Come on. Did you enjoy it? Let him know.